Amen. Turn around and say hello to someone and then be seated. Amen. All right. Thank you. Come on in. Had a great day so far at Sunday school. Now in the morning service. And don't miss tonight at 6.30. We'll be gathering again here. God has a message for us. What does the Great Commission? What does the Great Commission mean for us? What does the Great Commission mean to us? Alright, so that's, that's what we're going to be doing tonight. I hope you'll be back at 6.30. Everybody plan on it. Otherwise, tune in. Love to have you uh, be a part of the service live tonight, but if you can tune in, get others to tune in as well. All week long, join us online electronically. We have, um, we have a growing presence online, and that growing presence, additional subscribers, we had several yesterday, and uh, every day we're getting more and more and more subscribers, and those brief clips are uh, gathering a lot of interest, and people are tuning in and praise the Lord. So don't miss, get everything that's online. Uh, and uh, what is really ironic, we know that it's God. If we, didn't, if we didn't know it was God, we'd say this is spooky. But it's not spooky, it's God. Do you know that my wife's devotional, she and I did not talk about the devotional. She and I did not talk about today's message. Same scripture. Same scripture. Now is that the Holy Spirit or what? Come on. Amen. God wants us to get something out of this Scripture today. Praise the Lord. So get from all the right sources. Now, you don't want to go tuning in to a bunch of off-the-wall, over-the-edge fringe groups. Just uh, stick with our group, all right? And uh, we got plenty for you on there. Plenty of spiritual food. Amen. And uh, your readyourbibletheru.com. All right, you should be Old Testament, New Testament. Come on now. And let's read the Bible through. Let's do that. Let's share what we're reading, what we're learning with others. Praise the Lord. Wednesday night, be here for verse by verse through the Bible. And uh, Saturday, come help us clean at 9. Thank you yesterday to those who came out for our monthly special long edition of that cleaning session. It's just from 8 to 10. And uh, thank you each one who worked so hard. Now we're going to do it again. And I'll talk about it in a few moments. But I need you to plan to come monthly at least. Now we need our weekly crowd to come out 9 o'clock this coming Saturday. 10 o'clock is our visitation. Need everybody to help us go and visit, invite people. Next Sunday is Father's Day. Bring your dad or somebody's dad. All the men will receive a special memento. I hope that you'll be out next Sunday, the 19th, Father's Day. And offline, uh, Sunday morning, uh, we will be voting on a very important church matter, and that is we're going to be recognizing the gifts and callings of two of our young men, that God has called into ministry. They're not going anywhere. They're going to continue to intern and serve as volunteers here, learning under pastor's leadership, mentorship. But uh, we as a church need to recognize their gifts and calling. We brought that to your attention last week. The faithful men uh, talked about it several weeks back and unanimously recommend this, the course of action. And then on the 26th in the evening service, along with everything else we're doing, we're going to license these folks to the gospel ministry. It's a preparatory step. It's not the same as ordination, but it is a step. All right, so that's going on uh, next week. And then the following week, the 26th, all of the kids that have graduated from school, any level, those that are promoted from a major level to another, in other words, it can't just be from 
second grade to third grade. You know, it's got to be a major level from uh, kindergarten to elementary, elementary to middle school, that sort of thing. Uh, we will give a gift certificate to every individual, even young adults, if they've gone through college level and graduated college level. We're going to have gift certificates, and our bookstore will be stocked up next, uh, two weeks from today. On the 26th, we'll give those out. Then, this is important as well. In the evening service on the 26th, now I need all of you that can get into the Word. Those have been studying in the 1600 series of Revival Institute. We will have certificates for all those that have finished or will finish. You're on your honor. And it is possible for you to start right now and finish it this summer. So uh, it's all up there online. You're on your honor. There are no tests given. It's between you and the Lord. But as, as Deanna said today, that's no joke. That's, a, that's, that's intense study. And uh, several others have said to us this week about what good it does. Guys, listen up. What good it does uh, in helping people as they apply the truth and they live for Jesus. So I hope that you'll get involved in the 1600 series of Bible Institute. Uh, we'll have some other honors to bestow that evening, some other special things that will go on in that evening service. Following that service, sometime between 7.30 and 8 o'clock when I finish speaking, we are going to go downstairs and have cake and coffee. And I know we haven't done that for several years, but the coast is clear, everything's safe, and we want you to participate. This will also help you with that cake uh, work up to and get into training. Those of you that are going to be dessert testers uh, for the uh, dessert contest on the 4th of July. So all of you men that are going to be dessert testers, it's not something you can do suddenly. Uh, getting 5,000 calories all at once is too much of a shock to your system. You need to work up to it a little bit. Now, how many of you men understand what I'm talking about? And all you wives said, oh, me. All right. So anyway, uh, going to have a great time on the 4th of July. 3rd of July, Sunday, be in your place here. We're going to celebrate America. 286 candles on the birthday cake for the greatest nation on earth. And on the 4th of July, come on out. We're not going to be under the tent. We're going to be indoors and outdoors. We're going to have grilling. We're going to have all uh, many, many things that we've had in the past. And a good time will be had by all. But it is a potluck and barbecue. I want you to bring a number of different items so that we can feed the whole gang. All right? We'll have grilling for hamburgers, hot dogs, etc. But we're going to have potluck for everything else. And you ladies, dessert contest, all right? Dessert contest. Can I get some men to quickly pass these sign-up boards down the four sections? All right, come quickly down the four sections. Sign up. Sign up for more than one item. You're going to get a phone call. You're going to get contacted. I hope that everybody will be a participant. Thank you so very much. Our extra giving this month is for revival, the revival effort that's going on throughout our country. We're calling God's people back to God, back to revival. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I want God to send revival. This coming week, I want you to pray for preacher. I'll be traveling to the Midwest where I'll be in charge of the music of a large conference on revival. Throughout the country, throughout the world, there will be other conferences, special meetings. These will include uh, church meetings, auditorium meetings, tent meetings, calling God's people back to God, back to godly living. And uh, we want to be a part of that. You're giving using 
the uh, light blue uh, envelope, the envelope that's got light blue writing on it, prepare for revival. Please give the very best you can. Thank you for your giving in the past, and we appreciate that so very much. Now, the extra work days we talked about before and after the 4th of July, that'll be our July extra duty work day. But then in August, mark it down, August the 6th, first Saturday in August, 8 a.m., bright and early. If you teach a class, you're going to clean that class. If you drive a bus, you're going to clean that bus. If you attend church, we want you to come out and run a vacuum and run a dust cloth and clean and make spotless and, and shining everything around here. We're going to do a deep cleaning on August the 6th in preparation for the fall. I need everybody to come out. So everybody that's a worker, we don't just walk in. We don't have an after-hours work crew that comes in and cleans. We need you to be the deep cleaners, okay? We need you to do that. So everybody, if, uh, if you know how to run a vacuum, otherwise we got many, many individuals that can give you instructions and, and uh, better than a manual. We'll, we'll tell you how to run that vacuum cleaner. And uh, we'll all be there and we'll work. August the 6th. Now don't forget, we're going to be having training sessions coming up for... Prince William County uh, Soul Winning Fair booth uh, service that we're going to be doing the 12th of August through the 20th of August. Don't miss that. And we'll be having special advertised times for training, special training for that fair booth. You can come in and do several hours or you can have a larger responsibility. We want everybody to be trained. It is due to liability and insurance and the requirements of Amazing Grace Mission with whom we partner. You have to be through training in order to be in the booth. It's for adults, not for kids. We will have some people in support roles. If you can feed, take care of kids, if uh, you can provide transportation, if you can provide food, then you can do some support things. You can be a rope holder for this wonderful outreach that we're going to be having. All right, having shared all that with you. Now, folks, uh, I want us to take our Bibles and turn to the 23rd Psalm where we have already read. And maybe the last time you heard it was at a funeral. There's hardly ever a funeral for a saint, a child of God, that we don't use Psalm 23. But Psalm 23 isn't just for the dead. Psalm 23 is for the living. And I believe that God wants us to understand what's going on in Psalm 23. What's going on in Psalm 23 is a relationship. A relationship which is typical of our relationship with the Lord. Jesus Christ is the great, good, and kind shepherd. So mark that down on top of Psalm 23. Jesus Christ is the great, good, and kind shepherd. We are the sheep. In fact, it says so over in John chapter 10. So hold your place in Psalm 23 and go to John chapter 10 in the New Testament. You say, I always wondered what I am, and now we're going to find out. John chapter 10, John chapter 10, and here's what it says in John chapter 10. And it says in verse number 7, Jesus is speaking unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
I am the door of the sheep. Now look this way. That's the shepherd. Out in the wilderness, where you keep the sheep to graze, you don't want them grazing right next door. You don't want sheep grazing on your back lawn. You don't want them grazing right near your house. Because when sheep are done grazing, there's nothing left. So you take them out into the pasture. You take them out into the wilderness where there's some grass and some greenery to be found. And then you build an enclosure. And this enclosure is called the sheepfold. The sheepfold is a circular uh, construction and it has a place where they go in. That's the doorway. But there is no door on hinges. That's where the shepherd will position himself and will sleep when those sheep are safely inside. So if the sheep, like the lost sheep that got out, he had to be burrowing, he had to be getting out between something because that shepherd is the door. And Jesus says that he is the door to the sheepfold. This is about relationship. Are you listening to me? It's about the connection that we have with the good, the great, the kind shepherd Jesus Christ. We're his sheep. Sheep are not the most intelligent, the strongest, the best, the noblest of all creatures, but they are the animals that have a relationship with the shepherd. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ today? It says in verse number 8 of John chapter 10, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We have everything we need as we're going to see in and through the provision of our Savior Jesus Christ. He is the shepherd. And then it says in verse 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. All right, look at that. They might have life. Draw a line there. That's salvation. And as you've seen on the short clip this week, up on our YouTube station, uh, and also on our other platforms, I'm explaining very clearly, it's when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you ask Him into your heart and life, that's when you are saved. When you receive Him as your Savior, that's when we are saved. Not before, that's the time when we're saved. When we ask Jesus Christ, in our heart. That's it. So, listen very carefully. He says, I am come that they might have life. If you have received Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, you can say, I have life. I want you to say that with me right now. I have life. Have you received Christ? Say, I have life. I have life. That's eternal life. That's salvation through Jesus Christ. It's His life in our life. It's His life in us. It's His life living through us. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's when you have life. Now notice the rest of John chapter 10, verse 10. And that they might have it more abundantly. That's the abundant life. You see, when you have life, you're going to heaven. When you have life, you can say, I have life and I'm saved. When you have life, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have life, it's all taken care of. You're justified. When you have life, 
you can come to God and get your prayers answered. When you have life, you see, you are a child of God. You belong to Him. You are a sheep of His pasture. And Jesus Christ is your shepherd. And there is a relationship. How many of you understand that today? Say amen. Beyond having life, God wants you to completely experience all the blessings, all the potential that you can possibly have as a saved person. Look at me. Look at me. Watch me now. I am come that they might have life. Say, I have life. I have life. All right. Secondly, if you are experiencing the blessings of God, if you're yielded to Him, if you have surrendered to Him, if you said, Jesus, uh, I know that you are Lord, but I acknowledge you as Lord. I yield to you as Lord. I submit to you as Lord. Then you have the abundant life. You experience the abundant life by surrendering to God moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. And everyone here knows what it is to have the joy of your salvation and to experience the good things of God. And you will probably also agree with me that you know what it is to back away and cool off and backslide and you're not fully experiencing the abundant life. So you might say, I'm saved, I have life. I have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you say, I've got that life. But the question today is, and I want you to take this with you as we look back in Psalm 23 in just a moment. Are you experiencing the fullness of the blessings of God? Are you experiencing the abundant life? Think about it. Think about it. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. There's two parts to that. Now, if you never have, never experienced consistently the blessings of God, the fullness of the good things of God, but you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to heaven, but you're not going to have the joy, you're not going to have all the extras in this life that you would like to have, that you ought to have, that Jesus Christ paid for. We don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve the abundant life. But you know what? It's available. And what kind of fools are we if if we only take part of what God is offering to us. What kind of fools are we if we don't experience the deeper, better things that God has for us? If we don't yield to Him, instead we live a selfish, self-centered, self-directed life, instead of living the life that God would have us to live, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You say, preacher, I got that first thing. I'm not sure about that second. That's what we're working on today. I am the good shepherd, he says. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus died on the cross. How many of you believe that? The old rugged cross. Amen. He died on the cross. He dismissed his spirit. They took his body down. They buried him. But he did not stay in the tomb. He arose from the dead. He's alive forevermore. He did that for you and for me. He did that so that he could come and be in a body, be sinless, die for our sins, take all of our sins upon himself. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He's in his glorified body. And someday he now has that right to sit on the throne of his ancestor David. And he will rule and reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise the Lord. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. I told you when this 
whole lockdown thing began several years ago. I'm not going anywhere. You want to know where I am? You know my address. You know my phone number. You know where I am. Now, that's not because I'm so great. That's because I know the great, good, and kind shepherd. And I know where my responsibility is. Amen. So, there, there were times and occasions when people questioned and said, well, preacher, you're, they just think they know how old I am. You're such, such an age. You are a heart patient. You are at risk. And I said, I'm, I'm always at risk because I tell you where I am. I'm where Christians have been for the last, you can go back how many centuries, whenever there was the bubonic plague, whenever there was, you know, the pox, whenever there was this, that, or the other thing. Guess where those Christian servants were? They were serving in the hospitals. They were on the front lines. They were down there. What about those chaplains? What about those chaplains during war? What about those guys with the gospel? And, and I'm not a fool, and I'm not trying to put myself in harm's way, but you know what? I know my priorities. I know what God wants for me. God wants me to be like my great, good, and kind shepherd is. And, and he may take me home, and if he does, he's welcome to it, because I win either way. It's a win-win situation. Amen. The, the shepherd doesn't leave the sheep. The, the, the uh, wolf causes the hireling to head on out. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. He's talking about the Gentiles later on. They shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And I'm so glad he included me. Amen. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There it is. There it is. Go down to verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall... What's the next word? Never, say it again, never, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. If you are one of his sheep, you have a relationship with him, and no, never, 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 never will you be out of God's hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. Amen. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I say amen and amen. You don't have to worry today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next. That business of your salvation and of your eternal security has already been settled by the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's not based on my holding on or holding out or keeping on or continuing. It is based on the promise of God Almighty. Is His Word absolutely true? If His Word is true, if God tells the truth, then he is going to keep his word and praise the Lord, I'm saved. I know that I know that I know that I know that I've been born again. Back to that 23rd Psalm. You say, now that's quite a bit more than just a funeral passage. Yes, it is. First of all, notice all the personal pronouns. Go through it this afternoon and mark down, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture, leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. See, I'm talking to you about the great, good, and kind shepherd, and he can do all this. He can do all of this. Absolutely. He can do all this because of who He is. And for us to understand who He is and to get a complete handle on this like we need to, we need to look down in that fourth verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. I am told by those who have taken these polls and know better than I would know that somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of the population in any given polling uh, session, between 20 and 30 percent have a just an absolute severe fear of death. I would say in some places it's higher than that. This fear of death, this trepidation, the, the horrors of death can grab onto you and can be even worse than the experience itself. That's it. That's it. See, God the Father has us in His hand. Jesus Christ is our own personal shepherd. We are His sheep. Get that settled in your heart and your mind. Stop looking at your own failure, your own shortcoming. Every human being is a sinner by nature and practice, and every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. And if it were up to our own good works, not one of us would make it out of hell and into heaven. Every one of us would burn in hell forever if it were up to our works. The best person, the holiest person, the most righteous person would die and go to a devil's hell even though they're not as bad as some other person in your opinion. Everybody would go to hell. Every single person on earth with the exception of Jesus Christ would burn in hell forever if it were not for the grace and salvation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You say, wow. Preacher, I, I thought it was always kind of like a, kind of like grading on a curve. You know, so many make it in. It's kind of like whoever the better ones are, the better ones get in, and then, you know, okay, that's the end of the line. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Every person. You say, now what about babies? Babies are covered by the mercy and grace of God. Tell people accountably know the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. They're covered by the mercy and grace of God. So when I read this verse, verse number 4, I said, this is it right here. This is the stick. This is it. If, if our shepherd can get us through verse 4, then I'm good to go. It's not just merely, uh, this is something that's going to be read at my funeral. But this is something I can live every single day. I can have a personal relationship with a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And so I came to this conclusion. There are no exceptions. All of us must walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
all of us must walk through. There is no avoiding it. Every single one of us has to face it. But, there are a whole bunch of PTLs, a bunch of praise the Lords that come after this. First of all, put it down. Number one, I am praising the Lord and thanking God for the good, great, and kind shepherd Jesus Christ because I'm walking, yes, but I'm walking through the valley. I'm not going to have to park it there. I'm not going to have to stay there. All those 20 or 30% in any given group that are fearing death, they're apprehensive about what it's going to feel like, what it's going to seem like, what they're going to see, what they're going to feel, and so forth. But for the child of God, we're going to pass through the valley. We're not going in the valley to stay. We're going through the valley. Why? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Number two. Number two thing to praise the Lord for. Here it is. Not only are we going through the valley... We're going through it, but it's a valley of the shadow of death. That's what death is for a born-again believer. It's a shadow. You know what it's like to walk through a shadow? doesn't do anything to you. It's been dealt with already. You're not walking into the side of a mountain. You're walking through a shadow. You see? So praise the Lord. I'm going through the valley. I'm going through the valley of the shadow. Now notice, it says... I will fear no evil. That's the third praise the Lord right there. Praise the Lord. I will, I will go through the valley. It's a valley of a shadow, and I'll go through it without fear. The antidote for fear is faith, and faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And today, if you're fearful, get into the Word of God until the Word of God gets into you. Amen. So, we're going through the valley. It's a valley of the shadow of death. It is without fear. Number four. Look at the next part here. For thou art with me. Thou art with me. That's number four. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's with us. He's promised to never leave us, never forsake us, never let us down, never give up on you. You say, I'm such a mess. I fail. I stumble. I don't do a very good job. I'm such a mess. Oh, it's just so terrible. It's so awful. Will you stop for just a moment? Let's state it like it is. State it as the facts are. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God already knows what we are. You, you are feeling emotionally. You're feeling personally the burden and the weight of how far short we fall. But guess what? For, for every micro inch that we fall short, Jesus Christ is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. No matter how far we fall short, His grace is sufficient. His grace is a reservoir that has no bottom to it. It has no limitations to its extent. It is filled with grace. God's grace will never be exhausted. God's grace will never fail. God's grace will always supply. God's grace will always be enough. He will be with you and with me. Amen. So we're going through the valley. It's the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil without fear, in other words, for He is with us. Now here it is. Here it is. Number five, praise the Lord. Here it is. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, I have never thought too much about a rod and a staff being a comfortable thing. But that's not what it's saying. 
the rod and the staff. The rod keeps away the wolves. The rod keeps away the critters. Uh, the staff keeps uh, the sheep in line, keeps them uh, from going too far astray. And that's it. So the rod and the staff is there for comfort. There is no more comfortable place to be than right there where we're supposed to be, in the flock, being, being cared for by the great good and kind shepherd, Jesus Christ. And that's what he does. The last time you started to stray, you know what that thing was that you felt? That was the rod and the staff just bringing you back in. Praise the Lord. Bringing you back in. There it is. Praise the Lord for that. That's number five thing. And you say, who is this? Who is this? May I introduce him to you today? I met him a long time ago when I was a little child. And he's been going with me. And you know what? He has done all these things from that time. Tozer said it. It's in the bulletin. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into your mind? I think about a father who cares. Like that dad, that illustration in the bulletin, who followed his son to school the first day and the son got sidetracked and he lost track of where he was supposed to be, didn't know where the bridge was. And he didn't know, the little boy didn't know what to pray and he thought he only knew two prayers. One was, now I lay me down to sleep. Didn't think that was going to help. And so uh, he knew our Father who art in heaven and he started in our Father and his dad said yes. He was standing right behind him. God has never left us alone. God has never abandoned us. He will never, ever leave you. You say, I just wish all the bad things will go, go away. In a sinful world, there are going to be bad experiences, bad things, bad people, bad relationships, bad outcomes. But the Lord is good. He's the good, the great, the kind shepherd. He's always there. He's there for you. He's there for me. He will never let you go. He has his rod and his staff to comfort you, to keep you in line. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about today. He's the one. He's the one. What can I say about him? I can say several things. First of all, he is a capable shepherd. He's a capable shepherd. There's nothing he can't do. You ever see two kids bragging on their dad, saying, well, my dad, did it. my dad can do this, my dad can do this. I tell you what, if you get into one of those contests with somebody, one of those verbal uh, contests, just bring up the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't outdo Jesus. Amen. He is capable. He can do it all. His blessings are all around us. Uh, he absolutely is aware of. He comprehends everything that we might need. I shall not want. I don't need any good thing. He will provide every good thing that I need, whether it is provision for my life and well-being, or whether it is protection, or whether it is companionship. I'm there. I'm part of His sheep. I'm there. He's taking care of me. If it's His power, whatever it may be, all of those things are provided. So He is capable. He comprehends my need. He comforts me. And He is a compassionate shepherd. He cares for me. We're the most helpless of all. Just like those sheep are helpless creatures. They only follow the Master. They only answer to His voice. And that sheep has to be made to lie down. So God knows when you need to lie down a little bit. You out there that are on your bed of affliction, those of you that may even be uh, near to passing away, God knows exactly what you need. He will not withhold any good thing from you. He knows what you need. He is compassionate. 
He is capable. He comprehends your need. He's there to comfort you, to wrap His arms around you, and to bring you back, just like that shepherd bringing that sheep back to the fold. That's what Jesus Christ does for you and for me. He has never failed to come after me. He has never failed to rescue me. He has never failed to provide for me. He has never failed to step in and intervene when I needed Him to step in and intervene. Jesus Christ is the great, the good, the kind shepherd. I am His sheep, the sheep of His pasture. He will never let me go. He will never abandon me. He will never leave me alone. He will always provide for me everything that I need. And because of that, He has proved Himself. He has shown Himself to be true. He will never let me down. And so I trust Him today. I know Him today. I love Him today. I've given myself to Him today. Do you know how much He loves you? Do you realize how much He cares for you? The Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep. He's willing to do that, to lay down His life and give Himself for you that you might be saved, that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundant. You can have that abundant life if you'll just allow Him to have His way in your heart and life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed, and nobody looking today. How many of you would say, Preacher, something in that message spoke to my heart today. Slip your hand up high. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. What are you going to do about it, Christian? You have an opportunity to step out in a moment, come have a word of prayer and talk to that good, great and kind shepherd, Jesus Christ. Thank Him that you have that relationship. Ask Him to help you to experience the fullness of the abundant life. You got eternal life, but now you want the abundant life. You want that to flow through you. And you come in just a moment and have a word of prayer. Christians from all over this building, I want you to come. Sit or kneel and have a word of prayer and say to the good, kind, and great shepherd, Jesus Christ, thank you for giving your life that I might have life. I've got eternal life. Now I want the abundant life. I want the depths. I want the fullness of that life, that spiritual life. I want to be used by you. I don't want to go my own way. Now it may be that you're coming today to tell me that you want to be baptized or you want to join the church. That's all right. It may be that you're coming today because you've received Christ. You want to profess Him publicly. But there may be some that haven't done that yet. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you pray from your heart? I'm going to ask every child, every young adult, every uh, adult, every senior citizen, I'm going to ask every person in the sound of my voice, if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to pray right now where you're seated. If you want to go to heaven, you want to be saved, you want Jesus in your heart and life, settle it right now. Pray from your heart right now. Something like this. Not out loud, but silently. Dear God, just pray from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins. And take me to heaven when I die. Take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer just now from your heart to God and you meant it, slip your hand up so I can see it right now. Thank you.
upon the sea. A ship was tossing to and fro. Breakers dashed on every hand. Angry winds around it blow. All aboard was filled with fright. This they all did say that the winds and seas obey. He's the one who sails with me. He's the master of the sea. Though the storms of life may rage. Upon I see you sail, trusting in who never fails. I'm so glad he sails with me. He's the master of the sea. When he reaches out his hand, he'll seize at his This they all did say that the winds and seas obey. He's the one who sails with me. He's the master. Sing this course with us now. When he reaches out his hand, he'll seize at his command. Winds and waves obey his will. When he says to them. He's the master of